And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And as I sometimes do, we're going to deviate a little bit from that, but it all ties together because we're going to be talking with Jason Troy. So welcome, Jason. Well, thanks, Deb. I appreciate being on the program today and speaking with your tribe. Perfect. Well, for those few people out there who don't know who you are, let me give a little bit of your bio. So Jason is a top business coach. He's a leading expert on influence, persuasion, networking, and leadership. At the heart of his strategy is the understanding that people and your relationships are your true wealth. He works with experts, entrepreneurs, and executives, helping them build powerful and memorable brands and connecting them to influencers, media, and strategic partners who can help move their business forward and impact the bottom line. His best-selling book, Social Wealth, The How-To Guide on Building Personal and Professional Relationships, has sold more than 30,000 copies has been number one in four businesses and self-help categories, and has more than 125 five-star reviews. So again, Jason, welcome. Well, thanks. I appreciate that wonderful intro. Great, great. Well, you know, as we talked about before I started the program, I read your book, Social Wealth, and I actually, I want to read the, the subhead on it. So it's Social Wealth. How to Build Extraordinary Relationships by Transforming the Way We Live, Love, Lead, and Network. And I love that whole concept because, you know, I think so many times we get stuck in a rut or we get complacent or we just think, well, I don't want to do it today. You know, and, and so it's, it's one of those things that as a business owner, and I don't care if you are, you know, the small one-person business or a business owner, CEO of a multi-billion dollar organization, I think relationships truly is the key to being successful. And, and you know, in your book, you talk about both personal and professional. And I mean, in a lot of ways, it ties very much together. But first, tell us how you decided that this was kind of your passion in life. Well, I'm an extrovert by nature. So that was something that was something I was really passionate about. And what I decided mm -hmm. to do was a couple of years ago, I had a podcast show or I was starting one and I was and I had this theory about relationships and how important they were. But I decided that I would just go out and speak to a lot of very successful entrepreneurs and people mm -hmm. such as the financial editor today show. I talked to um, some CEOs of very large inpatient recovery programs. I talked to the number one sake expert in the world. I talked to a lot of fascinating people that had climbed a totem pole or had taken some significant risks and really risen mm -hmm. to the top and wanted to understand what were, what were their secrets to success and what did they do differently that got them to where 
they got. And then I spoke to a Mm -hmm. lot of other entrepreneurs that have been successful as well on various levels. And I found out that relationships were really the key thing, right? The relationships they had with their customers, partners, um, other people in their life, mentors, coaches, and also the relationship they had with themselves. And I realized that people don't really understand that they're not going to get to the next level. And I also Mm -hmm. talked to a lot of people that were super networkers that had a lot of relationships. And I found those people were extremely successful as well. Mm -hmm. And so that was really a theory that I had. And I played it out by talking to people and getting the data and learning all these pretty magnificent things in the process of what they had to do. And when you think about it, one of the things that we don't think about in relationships is when you meet a person, you're not just Mm -hmm. meeting that person, they have a network behind them. And that indirect network is one of the most powerful things in the entire world. And people Mm -hmm. don't tap into it, nor do they think about it. So they really miss out on the gold that's in front of them every single day in every single person that they meet. Right. You know, one of the things that I tell people is it's not really who you know, it's who you know knows. Because it is, you know, it's this, you know, you might have a relatively small circle of connections, but you never know who they know and and then who they know and who they know, exactly. you know and, and that kind of exponential thing. So it's really important to people to understand that and then realize that you have to develop extraordinary skill sets in order to build those relationships, both offline and online, mm-hmm. manage, you know, grow and maintain them over time. And that is its own skill set that you will not learn in traditional education or just by reading a book. It just, right. you can get some of the way, but you won't get that far. You have to mm-hmm. invest in yourself. And the other thing that I was out in LA this last week, going to a couple of conferences and workshops. And one of the things I had a theory and I bounce this off with more people and formalize it is that I found out that the people that are financially successful and fulfilled in life are extremely small. We're talking about a, probably a couple percentage of people right. that are really mm-hmm. at both sides of it filled out. And I realized that they have an umbrella structure that they work under that other people don't have that separates them from everyone else. And this is pretty Mm -hmm. much across the board is that they have on one pillar, they have mentors and coaches and they have Mm -hmm. mentors that have been far down the road ahead of them that can help guide them forward. They have paid Mm -hmm. relationships and most people are paying using 10 to 20 percent of their income actually investing in themselves and whether that's okay. in, you know, paid coaching and the masterminds and other groups that they're doing because mm-hmm. they can leverage other people's thinking and, and they can leverage those relationships to actually help them open doors automatically right. without putting forth really that much effort. Then they also build up on a second pillar support group. And that support group again could be, you know, a mastermind group. It could be a group of entrepreneurs that can understand them. It's family, it's friends that are very supportive of this. So they have that support system that can help them through the challenging, tough times. And then Mm -hmm. through both of those, they will build a third pillar, which is the next level system and structure that they can actually live their life under, which other people don't. And that is a living, breathing you know, umbrella that changes Mm -hmm. over time as they get more information. They're constantly adding information because they're constantly investing in themselves and constantly getting a new education literally every day. And that Mm -hmm. allows them to take 
more risk to step into uncertainty to actually use fear as a compass. And what that happens is that just keeps the cycle going so they're more and more successful over time. Right. And it truly is something that is is living and breathing. You know, if you get complacent, then your relationships die off, uh, you know, and, and there are some that through natural attrition go away. You know, yeah. maybe it's somebody who moved or they changed careers or maybe you just discovered they didn't, you know, it wasn't a good fit and, and all of those things. So it is something that you have to continually be nurturing. Yes. And I think in today's society, we've gotten away from that, partially because of, you know, and I say this, knowing what I do and doing what I do, social media. We've gotten to where we think, well, I can post on Facebook. Hi, how are you? Happy birthday. And that's good enough. Yes. Or, you know, congratulations on your new job. We post on LinkedIn and, and all of those things. And and I'm sorry, that's not a relationship. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a quick, you know, now you, the the key is maybe then to say, Congratulations on your new job. Let's get together and so you can tell me more about it. You know, or hey, let's go out for a drink for your birthday or all of those things. Yes. Because we we get stuck and and I say this especially as someone who home offices. We get stuck behind our computer at our desk and we don't go out into the real world anymore. And and do you see that really as one of the big primary problems with relationships today? I it is, and one of the things that happen is our skill sets are deteriorating. Mm-hmm. Because before, and I read an interesting statistic, back in like the 1950s, people used to go to like 10 to 12 picnics a year. And wow. now they don't go to really any. And I think mm-hmm. that back then people had to go out and meet people because they didn't have social media. And so mm-hmm. people's skill sets were different because they had to. They had no choice. They had no way to have any contact with an individual if they didn't actually exit their home. And mm-hmm. now they do, and they have a false belief that that is going to move them forward. When the reality right. is of social media is it is a way to meet more people, to bring them online, offline. That is the point mm-hmm. of social media. And people are misusing it. And that's why they're not leveraging it. But there are people that are doing it. And that's why they're having massive success, because they know the point of it is they've got to get them somewhere else to meet them, because that's where a relationship is truly built. I mean, it's just like in sales. I mean, you can have a great relationship with a person on the phone. But when Mm -hmm. you meet them, that changes the entire relationship, because Mm -hmm. now people have a face to a name. They have some interaction with you and people need that human touch. I mean, that's we're all human beings. We're not some Mm -hmm. electronic or robot. So we need to have that, you know, uh, contact with people and have that intimacy with an individual personally and professionally. And so you have to think about how can I do that in a way that's going to build a great relationship and that is very efficient because you have Mm -hmm. to have layers of people in your life. You'll have to have an inner circle of people you know, an outer layer from that and then onwards. And so mm-hmm. because as you grow, if you start investing in yourself, and the one thing that I've noticed is that the friends that you have five years ago are not, or in many ways are not going to be the friends that you have in the five years ahead of you because other people right. may not be investing themselves. They may have life changes. There's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. And the people that live in true abundance embrace that. And they realize that that is how the world works. And it is neither mm-hmm. good nor bad. It just is what it is. Right. And you have to roll with the times and not resist mm-hmm. it. And then your life becomes so much easier. And it's way easier to manage. And also you create systems and structures in it 
And I think that's another big misnomer with people. They think that meeting people and being social is just some like, you know, thing that just happens. It's just like Mm -hmm. magical. It's like I go meet someone and oh, I've had this great conversation. And I tell my clients is that no, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. You will have a system and a process and a structure, and it will be just like a business plan. You will execute just like a sales strategy, step one through Mm -hmm. step 10. And then you're going to find that it's much more spontaneous because then you will create a habit and a practice Mm -hmm. around it, and you'll get into much better conversations than you ever had before. But you have to lead people down a certain route and a certain path, especially when you meet them. Otherwise, you're allowing chance and circumstance to dictate it. And we all know that that doesn't really work very well because no business runs like that and no one's life can run on just happen chance. Right. It reminds me of a time when I was in Denver and I went to a big networking event and it was really pretty big. I mean, there were several hundred people there and I was standing chatting with a group of people and this woman rushed up, thrust her business card at all of us and just left. I mean, (laughs) it was like, and so we went, we tracked her down. We said, what the heck? And she said, oh, I made a bet with my husband that I couldn't, that I could give away all 500 of my new business cards. And away she went. (laughs) And of course, what we did was we, we didn't even look at the card. So I couldn't, I, you know, I remember it was a woman, but I can't, I couldn't tell you her name. I couldn't have told you her name two seconds later or what she did because we all took the card and we threw it away. You know, and, and I think that's the, the, that's obviously an extreme example. But we think, well, we can go to these business networking events or, you know, we can go to this reception or this wedding or, you know, all of these various things and have these initial connections with people. And then that's it, you know, and then we hear crickets and then we think, well, why didn't, you know, I met so-and-so at that that, that event. Why didn't they refer business to me? Yep. Well, you know, or they, they didn't, they didn't remember you, which, you yes. know, that's always a blow to somebody's ego, but Five minutes from now, they, they probably don't, especially if they're meeting 20, 30, 50, 100 other people. Yes. You have to nurture that and remind them and say, hey, you know, and, and, and that's one of the things I tell people with LinkedIn is, you know, you, you get home from your event, you immediately look them up on LinkedIn. And I, I tell people, if it's business, do LinkedIn, unless you really know they're open to connecting with you on Facebook. Just do it through LinkedIn first. Yes. And remind them, hey, Jason, we just met at such and such event. We talked about this. Here's that link to that website I was telling you about. Let's connect on LinkedIn and and work on, you know, and, and you know, go from there. Because I just reminded you where we met. I reminded you, you know, what we talked about. And yes. I provided that little bit of information for you. And you're thinking, oh, okay. And, you know, and, and it is because we're not all that memorable. You know, I hate to say that. We all like to think we are, but... We're not. And so you have to remind people. And then it's not just crickets after that. I have to follow up with you. I have to do more things. Now, if you never follow up with me again, okay, well, then maybe that wasn't a relationship that was meant to be. But, you know, when when you say, hey, thanks, then it's okay. Maybe we should get together for coffee or, you know, all of those various things. And I think when you meet someone, you have to start meeting them in a way that's going to create intrigue. Because Mm -hmm. you've when you end that first conversation, you have to create intrigue so that person actually wants to follow up with you and wants to engage with you. And I think when you think about building any relationship, it's under really three pillars. And the first one is building rapport. And Mm -hmm. how you build rapport is finding common ground. And the way you build find common ground is to ask people questions initially about themselves. And you want Mm -hmm. to ask questions about things they enjoy doing, not where are you from? What do you do for a living? 
beginning mm-hmm. of the day that doesn't Tell me about your business. Yeah, no one cares about that. And they've had <laughs> and the reason they don't care about that, no matter who you are, is the fact that they've had thousands of those conversations that have gone nowhere and been boring. And so they've been mm-hmm. trained to know that when you ask certain questions, they're starting to tune you out and they're not being present. And when someone's not right. being present in a conversation and being an active listener, you've lost. You're done. Even mm-hmm. if that conversation goes great you won't mm-hmm. not have hooked them very well for the right. next conversation, which is the point of the first conversation. So mm-hmm. you've got to ask them questions about escape, about things that they're doing in their life, fun that they're having. And secondary, mm-hmm. the reason why you want to do that is because no one else is asking them those questions. Mm-hmm. So they actually have to be present because they can't go on autopilot because the questions are ones they haven't really been asked in that order. And the mm-hmm. second part is likability. And that is done by being an active listener and being present and not thinking about what you're doing tomorrow, not thinking about what's happening 15 minutes after, not thinking about meeting the person across the room because 90 some percent of communication is nonverbal. So people Mm -hmm. know more about what you're saying when you're not saying it. And they did a study and I think it was at MIT where they Mm -hmm. could tell from body language and body movement in tone of your voice. 82% of the time, whether someone was going to make the sale or not without hearing a single word that was going on. Mm -hmm. And so the third pillar is the most important one, which is trust. And that is the glue that keeps society together and every relationship. If someone doesn't Mm -hmm. trust you, you pretty much are done. Well, the problem is with trust is that we all forget how that's built. And that's built when you make deposits in a relationship bank and not withdrawals. And most people mm-hmm. are takers and they start to withdraw. And that's why these relationships don't go well and why you don't stand out. And the key thing when you're thinking about trust is I tell my clients and I ask people early on in the question process of just asking them, so what are you passionate about? Like, what are you mm-hmm. working on that you're passionate about? Because that's getting at an emotional core level of what Mm -hmm. that person loves to do. And end of the day, everything that we do as human beings is about an emotional response. If we don't have a really positive, strong emotional response, then we don't do something. That's why you Mm -hmm. procrastinate. That's why you use lack of motivation as an excuse because you don't have any emotional connection. You don't want to do that. So you have to create that. So you want to tap into that and find out what that person loves in their life, whether it is their business or whether it's a project they're working on or whether it's something else you want to find Mm -hmm. out. And then you want to ask them the next question is, so what challenges are you having around that? Because then you're going to find out what help they need. And then you can offer a suggestion, whether it's a book, whether it's a resource, um, you know, best obviously is contacts. But if you can't, it's one of those three. And even if in the moment you can't think of it, you can offer to follow up with them, which Mm -hmm. gives you a reason to get their contact information and then follow up with them. And they'll want you to because they're like, oh, that's great. And then that allows you after that to ask for what you want. And when people Mm -hmm. ask for things, I tell them there's two questions you need to ask. And that's one is you need to tell them what your challenge is and see if they have any advice or any thoughts Mm -hmm. on it. And they may or may not. But the second question is really important. It's like, who do you know that I should speak to? Because Mm -hmm. everyone has people in their network. And there's probably a far greater chance that someone in that network can help you than that individual most of the time. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. But that person will offer that because you led with giving. So you made a deposit. And what happens is when you do that, 
psychologically, the only people in their life that actually gives before they take are who? They're people in their inner circle. They're, they're very, right. they're family. They're very close friends. It may be a partner or spouse in their life. It could be a business partner or someone like that. And so psychologically, even though you're just an acquaintance and a distant one at that because you just met, they're putting you in an inner circle. And so they're willing to help you much more than they would be willing to help anyone else in that room. So you need mm -hmm. to think about the relationship building process and how you can basically do the actions that people in their inner circle do right away, because then psychologically you put yourself in a place of power and influence. And that's something that's extremely powerful. And then you can get people to follow up with you when you contact them either by email, connect them LinkedIn, you know, however you contact them, they're being much more receptive to moving forward that relationship because of how you started it from right. step one. Well, and I love the fact that you talk about, you know, asking them what they're passionate about. And I think so many business people when, you know, or either way, you know, maybe you're going out for personal, but let's, let's talk business. So you've gone to a business networking thing. We get stuck on thinking business. You know, I have to ask people about business. So, you know, maybe I've, you know, come up to, to somebody and I've said, you know, tell me what you're passionate about right now. And they say, oh, I'm learning how to golf, but I'm really having trouble with my swing. Well, it has nothing to do with me or what I do, but here in Atlanta, I know a fabulous golf coach. So if I connect the two of them, it really didn't matter that it has nothing to do with me personally. It's kind of that win-win situation. Yes. And that's where so many people get caught up is, is the what have you done for me lately? And I'm sorry, I can only talk to you about business. You know, it's because then somebody might say, well, how do you know this golf person? Oh, we're connected on LinkedIn and, you know, and then it goes from there. But it's, you know, we, we have to get out of that mindset of we have to go and we have to conduct business. And sometimes that's hard, especially, you know, if you're if you're a small business person, we can easily get out of that. It's I'm guessing sometimes much harder when you work for someone and they have sent you to that networking event or that business conference or whatever, because they expect you to come back with business connections. But it does come back to what we were saying. It's all about who they know and who they're connected with. Because, you know, maybe I was there to do business and I connected them with this great golf pro. Well, maybe somebody's spouse or partner or child then is the, the person who needs my business. And then it ties all back together. Yes. And that's the important part of it is that you've got to tap into how you can help that person. And that's the step one. And if you get that mm -hmm. mindset, you are much better. And I think the other thing that people don't think about in these interactions with and that have really helped my clients across the board is, you know, probably four main things. One is authenticity. Mm -hmm. It's actually showing up as yourself and not trying right. to be someone else. And that and how you're authentic is start to love and like yourself. And that's a process mm -hmm. that you have to go through in order to explore that and have that happen. Secondarily, it's vulnerability. And I think that you have to be willing to be vulnerable with other people and lead with it. Because what I have mm -hmm. found is when you lead with vulnerability, you make it okay and safe for other people to share with you. And if you wait mm -hmm. around and don't do that, you're, it's going to take a lot longer to build the relationship. And I think the third is speaking your truth. And I believe that mm -hmm. when you speak your truth in life and tell people how it is, 
that then people will do it with you and you will have much better relationships because you will know how people stand with you all the time versus mm -hmm. beating around the bush. And the fourth is generosity. And we talked about that a little bit. And I think that's really just helping, giving and inspiring other people. And when you lead with that, you allow other people to give to you and they give to you in a way without a scorecard. And that's mm -hmm. the most powerful way because then they don't they, they'll give you everything because they know that you would give them everything. And so right. that's the best relationships. And everyone who's listening to this knows in their life people that would give to them unconditionally. Well, mm -hmm. you can have that with thousands of people. You don't have right. to just have it with five, 10 people. It's a choice mm -hmm. in how you conduct yourself when you first meet people that changes the whole tenor of the conversation. And, you know, one of the conversations I had a few months ago was I asked them what they were passionate about and they were mentioning they were involved in a cancer charity. And I was like, well, you know, my mom had leukemia and almost died. And I shared a story about that. And then they opened mm -hmm. up about, you know, right. they had um, a sister who had breast cancer and we had this great conversation and was telling me about what she was doing and her work. And, you know, one of my friends was there and was not happy in their own job and hooked them up and ends up, you know, he found a job inside of her company that he would never would have found. And the reason is, is because, I led with vulnerability to open yes. up the conversation. And if I wouldn't have led with it, it wouldn't have gone anywhere, right? Because mm -hmm. the first step is she told me something that was her passion, which the question prompted her to say something. But then it was mm -hmm. my job to lead with vulnerability to bridge the conversation as something more meaningful. And mm -hmm. that's what most people don't do. And so what happened is, is when you start asking these types of questions, what you end up doing is fast tracking the conversation. So the same right. conversations you'd have in conversation five, six, seven, or eight, you're having in conversation one. And that's mm -hmm. how you can fast track these relationships. Because if you keep operating like that, you can take a relationship that you can do in 30 days that some people can take one or two years to build. And that's how mm -hmm. people on the next level are living. And that's how people are building great and extraordinary relationships do it that fast. And that's why when you look at them, you think, oh, wow, that person has all that charisma or influence, or they make it really easy. I, you know, they're so likable. Everyone just is enamored with them. Well, mm -hmm. part of that secret is they're able to fast track that relationship because of the questions that they ask, the things that they're leading with, and that's drawing things out of other people and how good that person is making the other person and, and, and how safe they're making it for them to be able to share and feel their feelings and let them all out, which is a mm -hmm. rare, rare, rare trait in people that people have. Right. Well, and what we're also talking about, too, is that you're not taking over that conversation. Yes. You know, so, so you just said, you know, hey, my mom went through leukemia. I know how hard it is. Period. <laughs> not yada, 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 we did this, we did this, you know, it's just, you know, let them show that you empathize yes. without then taking over. And, and, and maybe then it leads to a question, you know, hey, you know, my, we went through this, have you found good support groups? Or, you know, what type of treatments are they trying? All of those things to then put it back to them. Yes. And I think you can do all this stuff in a five minute conversation. I don't think right. you have to have it more than that. I mean, yes, maybe mm -hmm. I guess you're having a great conversation. You can leave it to 10. But I tell people all the time is the problem that you're doing is you are not meeting enough people. You're living in mm -hmm. scarcity. And, you know, one of the questions I ask clients and even friends of mine is that, like, if you had a choice to meet a best friend in your life in a room <laughs> full of five people in a room full of 100, what would you choose? Mm -hmm. And everyone would say, well, 100 people, because I would choose for more people. And I was like, well, why are you living your life like there's only five people in the room? 
Right. You have to realize that in relationships, you need abundance. You, you mm-hmm. cannot, it is a numbers game at some level because one, you have to meet more people to see what's best suited for you. And one mm-hmm. of the ways you do that is by meeting a lot of people and understanding who you interact with well. And that helps mm-hmm. you take an inward look at yourself and actually learn more about yourself. And you've got to be able to do that. So when you're in a networking event or you're in a business event or whatever it might be, a charity event or nonprofit with two that I mm-hmm. love going to, you have to meet more people. So you have to work the right. room, right? And I tell mm-hmm. my clients that your goal every hour is at least to meet between five to 15 new people. And that should always mm-hmm. be the gauge of the amount of people. And great, you could meet more, but you have to meet enough people. You can't have a 45 conversation with one person because that is a waste of time. And the more time you talk with someone, the more you have a chance to mess that up early on because mm-hmm. you could be saying something that could turn the other person off or they could be getting bored or they could be getting tired of the engagement and they may want to meet new people. You don't know. There's mm-hmm. all these things. So cut it short, build intrigue that they actually want to have some reason to contact you and follow up, right? You don't need to tell right. them everything when you first met them. In fact, that's not actually building a stronger relationship because people can only take in so much information about you and they need to have multiple interactions to be able to trust you because they still won't mm-hmm. on the first one, no matter how much time right. you spend with them. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because a lot of times when we go to these events and, and, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever type of event it is, we naturally gravitate towards the people we know. You know, that's just kind of human nature. And especially now, you know, you're an extrovert. I'm an extrovert. You know, my husband is a true introvert and he jokes with the fact that, you know, I could go make friends with the lamppost, which I probably could. Um, But, you know, we, we, we still go and we find the people that we know. We're not saying that's a bad thing. You know, go touch base, you know, see what's new in their life, but then exit and go find somebody else that you haven't met. And, you know, it's, it's, you've got some uh, great tips in your book about how to, to do that and look for the influencers in the room. Look for the people who have everybody around them. Why? Why do they have everybody around them? You know, and now, you know, all these great things. And that's what I I loved about your book is you've got tips on questions to ask, you know, all of those various things where you can meet the people that you really want to go in and meet and get out of that rut of just going and finding the three people that you know and sitting with them. I always like the events where that you can't sit with somebody you know. Um, you know, I went to a, a great yes. networking event where we were all given a, a colored butterfly. I mean, there were all these different colored butterflies, and you had to go sit at the table that matched your colored butterfly. Most of the time, you were were sitting with people you had never met, and then they had, you know, table topics and, and all sorts of things to really encourage that interaction, but they knew how important it was, and, and you know, and, and I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from the female perspective, we do tend to go in and talk with the people we know. So, you know, when we're forced out of that, sometimes it is out of our comfort zone, you know, but that's okay. Not everybody could be out of their comfort zone. So we're all going to be a little awkward and uncomfortable, but you know, going and, and I think that is the thing to remember too, is not everybody is the absolute master networker who can go and talk with anybody in the world and did it, did it, did it, you know, it's, it's, often complicated and, and sometimes difficult to, to go and, and talk with people you don't know and you've never met. Yes. And I think one thing that people often forget is introverts are often way better at building relationships than extroverts are. Right. Because if you think about the relationship continuum of a scale of one to 10 of meeting someone and 10 is like mm-hmm. the deepest relationship you could have, 
I find that there is a lot of people that can do the early steps, but have way more right. difficult building the relationship. They can do steps mm-hmm. one through three, but four through 10, which is building the actual deep relationship, mm-hmm. is something people are very poor at across the board, no matter what it is. And extroverts are no better. In fact, they're often worse because they're not as introspective in right. asking questions as, as an introvert would be. So that's a significant advantage. Mm-hmm. And I have clients who are very introverted, and there's a couple of things that I tell people to do all the time. One is I have a client of mine who had very bad social anxiety, and so I had him go volunteer to work in the check-in table. And so mm-hmm. he could go early to the event, check out mm-hmm. the room, see everything inside of it, and that made him feel a lot more comfortable. Okay. Because then there wasn't the nervousness of walking in a room full of people, even a few people really there, and not knowing the room, everything else, and he could feel very comfortable. And then mm-hmm. when he's checking people in, he could meet people and had a reason that he actually had to talk to them because he literally right. had to check them in. Well, then when he got off the first shift, he could meet people and he's already met them before. So they mm-hmm. were actually warmer. And they knew that he was working, so they actually knew that he was volunteering and doing this. So yes. people were much more receptive. So it went way better than that. Mm-hmm. Another thing I have clients do is that if they're introverted, I say every hour, take five minutes by yourself and just walk outside or use your headphones like you're making a phone call and put on music and really set it for five ah. minutes and then just come back mm-hmm. in. So you can recharge mm-hmm. your battery for five minutes and then go continue the conversation. Right. You don't right. have to sit there in the room. And so there's other strategies such as that that someone who's introverted can do so they don't have to feel like they have to be in a room for a couple hours and just talk Mm -hmm. with someone straight and engage with them. You can also, one of the biggest secrets that people don't do, and it's something that if you look in past generations, people uh, valued highly was a connector. It's connecting Mm -hmm. people to other people and you being the social hub and other people as a spokes. And introducing mm-hmm. people to other people is the number one most important, right. it is the most valuable social tool that you can use in your arsenal because every mm-hmm. single person wants to meet someone new. And they, mm-hmm. I don't care who it is because they, people never meet enough new people, whether it's an extrovert, whether it's an introvert, it doesn't matter. It's 100% of the people. So you can do that. And often I'll introduce strangers to other strangers. And I have clients mm-hmm. all the time asking me saying, well, isn't that kind of weird? And does it ever go wrong? And I'm like, and I tell them the same thing every time people ask, no matter if it's last year, you know, last month or today, I've introduced hundreds of thousands of people. I have never had anyone laugh at me, never had anyone slap me, never had anyone mm-hmm. just completely walk away. The worst case scenario at all, someone would be having a five-second conversation with someone else, and then they would leave. And right. that's a neutral position to be in. So, And I've never had a client tell me that. And what all you have to mm-hmm. do to someone, and this is very, very, very simple, and it works every single time, is mm-hmm. you go, let's say you're going to the bar to get a drink because you want to go in an event where people are going to congregate because it's easier and people are in very close proximity. You can mm-hmm. go to the person on your right and say, how's it going? How's everything? How's your, how's your week been? Mm-hmm. You know? And then they'll, whatever they say, it doesn't matter. And then you have someone on your left and you don't even know this person. And literally you just move your hands at the outside of your body and move mm-hmm. them and cross them over and point your finger forward and literally right. point them forward and cross your arms and say, hey, uh-huh. do you both know each other? And then right. they'll probably say no one said you should meet each other, right? I don't even wait for mm-hmm. their response and they'll meet each other. And I don't even know mm-hmm. their names. And I don't even need to. 
And at that point, you are the social hub bringing people together. And if they're waiting mm -hmm. in line, they have to have a conversation anyways. So mm -hmm. they'll have it. And then if there's someone right behind you, you can bring them in the conversation. You can have three, four people having a conversation and you can help direct it and steer it, but you don't have to. And then you can just leave if you want as well. But the great mm -hmm. thing is, is that when that happens, those people will start introducing you to other people they know. Right. And when they mm -hmm. see you again at the event, they will be extremely warm and friendly because the only people that introduce them to other people are, again, people in their inner circle. And mm -hmm. so it's very, very, very like powerful and influential. And I have people doing this. I, I have people now that I know never introduce people to other people ever. And they'll do this to mm -hmm. me because it's a trained habit that I've got them mm -hmm. into because I'll always do that with them. And right. so it's sim very simple to do and it's not hard and it won't go wrong. Yes. You're going to feel awkward. Yes. Is it uncomfortable? Of course, because anytime that you do any new habit, it is always uncomfortable because it is mm -hmm. taking you out of your comfort zone. But right. I'm here to tell you that it works and it's very powerful. And if you take the risk and step outside of your comfort zone, you're going to see massive benefits right away. Right. Well, and, you know, it, one of the things you mentioned in, in your book, and, and I'll give you a, in a, a moment, a second to tell people about your book and about you, but it's, you know, kind of make a joke of it. So maybe you are all in the line and you realize nobody there really knows each other. So you can say, hey, since we're stuck in this line, we might as well get to know each other. I mean, you know, that's easy yeah. enough to do. And, you know, right there, it was kind of that icebreaker because then it's, well, what brought you to the event? You know, all of those various things, you know, are you looking forward to eating? What drink are you going to order? Blah, 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 blah. But there's all those simple, basic things. And not once did you say, so tell me what you do for business. You know? Exactly. <laughs> um, because that kind of comes naturally further on down the, the line, like you were saying. Yes. And I, and I don't think that, and I think that's great because, People go out because they want to escape, right? I found I, right. I've, I've spoke to thousands of people and I did, I've done research and I've asked them this question over years that why, what's the reason that you go out to business events and other things? And it is primarily to escape their life. It is to meet other people socially. And then there's meeting other people, you know, romantically and then networking mm -hmm. and helping others as far as charity is a distant fourth or fifth, even going to networking events. People are mm -hmm. more interested and getting out of their own environment. So you got to realize right. that that's the reason they're going there. So you need, one of the things that I've learned that have been very successful and something that people don't understand or want to understand is that you have to communicate in the other person's language. Mm -hmm. When you communicate what's on your agenda, you're missing on how to communicate with someone else. And right. one of the things that we talked about this week when I was in L.A. in a conference is how men and women ask questions differently and you can tap into them. And as a man, you, you know, you need to realize when you're interacting with a woman, whether it's personally or professionally, a great question to ask them is, how are you feeling? Because right. a woman feels and that's how she's led with. And so even if it's in a business situation, you get a better pulse and that woman will actually have greater affinity and like you more. Because you asked that question, because that's a mm -hmm. question that no other man would ask. And that's actually tapping mm -hmm. into her femininity, which is she's a woman. And if you're mm -hmm. a man, if you're a woman, you ask a man, what do you think? And that taps into what he is as a man, because mm -hmm. a man wants to be respected in thinking that he's doing a good job. And when you ask him mm -hmm. for advice, that's how you position it. So when you think about mm -hmm. just that little example, how you communicate with someone in their language 
sets the tone for how you build that relationship. And when you don't mm-hmm. get that, you start talking in your language, which then puts other people off. And that's what most people do. And that's why they're un- very unsuccessful in this process of building relationships. Right. You know, and, and it does come back to, you know, ultimately that the, the whole thing is about building those relationships and really having that strong foundation, what you call social capital. Um, so this is a great segue. So how can they find out more about your book and your sure. website and on your website? It's great. You've got all sorts of great resources there. So tell people how they connect with you and find you online. Sure. So you can go to my website at be extraordinary. TV. That's be extraordinary, all one word. And I have a lot of research in, uh, on, the, on the website. I have a lot of free reports on personal branding, networking, how to email busy people, how to create your own life story in a powerful way. There's tons of other videos and podcasts I have in there as well. And pretty incredible array of resources from other people across the board. And you can also then find a link to my book, Social Wealth, which you can find on Amazon. And that's, you know, done really well and people appreciate that. And I think that why people really like the book is it's a how-to guide. And I think relationship books out there now give you a lot of fluff. I don't have a lot Mm -hmm. of fluff in that book. I mean, every page is about how you can actually take action and giving Mm -hmm. you specific advice on step-by-step on what you can do, where to go, how to meet people, what to say, how to follow up with them um, in business, whether it's, you know, going to a conference, whether it's meeting someone at an event. And there's a lot of other things to take in consideration as well. So I go through Mm -hmm. all the steps in there with people and show them how to do it so they can actually take immediate action and get results tomorrow, not in 30 days or wonder how they can do that. And I, then from there, the content, my website will help build out that understanding because I go in depth on subjects that would be covered in the book, in blog posts, um, and other resources that are there for people that they can then utilize and really create, you know, the life that they love and business mm-hmm. as well. Right. Well, and it ties back to your website, the title, because we all should be extraordinary. You know, and and I'm not saying that in an egotistical or, hey, look at me type of thing. It's, you know, by by living life to the fullest, you know, by making those great relationships, by doing all of those things, we are being extraordinary. And, and I think that is, you know, we've talked about it. People get caught in the rut. They think, you know, you, you don't, I'm, I'm complacent. I'm happy with where I am. I'm an employee. Why should I do such and such? You know, all of those various things. And, and that is where the problem comes in because we think uh, it's okay to be average or below average or, you know, all of those various things. Yes. And I think that the best relationship in life you have to have and the number one place is with yourself mm-hmm. and people don't and they're not living their purpose in their life because what I found is that people are living a purpose external to themselves right they put their purpose right. in their job they put their purpose in other relationships they put others first and we hear this mm-hmm. adage we'll put other people first well let me tell you what happens you can't get affirmation and validation from anything external to you ever consistently. Mm -hmm. That never happens. Everyone is going to let you down. Every job is going to let you down. Everything else is outside of you. So the place that you need to look for your purpose in life is internally. And you need to tap into understanding what are your top emotions. Because one thing I found is that 
your top couple emotions that are your drivers drive Mm -hmm. the rest of your emotions. And so whatever those are. So for me, I've identified them as connecting and belonging. So I know Mm -hmm. when I'm doing both of those, I'm filling the rest of my emotions and living them at the highest level. So I feel love, joy, fulfillment, excitement, adventure fully when I am living my top two emotions in my life. But when I'm not, all the rest of those I'm either not feeling at all or I am really feeling them diminished. And you can think about it like a water bottle. If you only have mm-hmm. half a water bottle and you give it to someone, they can only drink so much water. But if the water's full, bottle's full, they can drink a lot more. Well, that's right. why you have to take care of yourself and invest in yourself mm-hmm. and put yourself first in your life. No matter how difficult that is, that no matter how counter to that thinking is, you've got to do that in order for you to be able to be successful and really be able to live your purpose. Because ultimately, the hunger in life and the passion you have for it is when you feel like you're doing something that you were meant to be here for and you're claiming mm-hmm. your power. And the other part right. of it that taps into this too that I found that very successful people do is they feel like the reason they're here is to contribute to the lives of others. And mm-hmm. one thing I ask my clients all the time when I, on my first session with them is uh, if there were a burning building, and you had a 50-50 chance to get out of it alive. And then I'd give them, if there were a million dollars or some clients, maybe 10 million or 100 million, and you could, would you do it? And every single person usually hesitates, says mm-hmm. no. Very few people immediately say yes. There are people, mm-hmm. but it's pretty rare. But right. if I ask them, if that building was on fire and there's a 50-50 chance that you would make it out, but... The people inside were the people you love the most. What would you do? Everyone says yes, and almost always immediately. Why? Because when we contribute to other people, we can step into uncertainty. We can step into our fears. We can take courageous action much easier because we're mm-hmm. not focused on ourselves. And so right. when you are living your purpose, you then realize that it's much bigger than yourself and you can help give and inspire other people if you fulfill that in your own life. And it's way Mm -hmm. easier to live your life and be successful because when you're in that contribution mindset, everything is so much easier doing. And then when you are online on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on anything else, you're highly, you're much more effective because you're actually Mm -hmm. passionate, you're authentic and people can feel that when they read what you type, people I know may not right. think that, but that's the case. And your answers will be more authentic, vulnerable, and speaking your truth because mm-hmm. you are living the life you really want to live and you know that you are. And you're claiming your power. And when people claim their power in life, it's not something negative. It's actually really powerful because when you claim your power, you feel completely empowered to make your vision of your life a reality. And that's something that the most successful people that are really successful financially and fulfilled are doing. They are putting their vision into life every single day. And it's something other people just don't do. Right. Well, and a big part of what you do, um, both on your website and in in the book, is to have people find their own story, find their own brand, all of those various things. And then I was struck by this quote that you have, and and you said that it was uh, one of the the last things that your father told you before he passed away. And he said, son, don't waste your life and talents. I did, and I regret it. Follow your dreams and make it happen. Because in the end, if you don't, you will be sitting all alone wishing you would have taken the time. 
And I think that's, I mean, that's, it's profound, but it is something that we do get caught up in, well, people think I should do this, and I have to be this way, and, you know, all of those various things, and it's it's not what we should be doing. You know, we do have to find our passions, because that is then how we best serve ourselves and and best serve others. Yes, and, and it's really important, because when I was talking, that was the last conversation I had with my dad before he passed mm-hmm. away. And I think it was very telling because he was all by himself because he isolated mm-hmm. himself and the choices that he made in his life. And I think at mm-hmm. that and that was the best conversation I'd ever had with my dad at that point mm-hmm. ever. We weren't actually really that close. And I thought it was a really sad conversation, you know, to have. And in the moment, you know, I embraced it because it was a great conversation. But that's mm-hmm. what people will have. And they won't have the right people around them. And they right. won't be living the life that they should have lived because they didn't mm-hmm. invest in themselves. And you know, one of the other fallacies, too, that I talk about in the book over and over again, that people have to get over in really something that we aren't taught in school, which is actually a shame, is that social communication or emotional skill sets are all learned behaviors. You mm-hmm. don't get them naturally. Yes, if you grow up in a more social environment, do you have some advantage? Of course. But there's a lot of people that grew up in social environments that have complete dysfunctional relationships and communications that they have with other people. So that really doesn't necessarily mean it. You have to study this and invest and realize how to do this because it's practice and habits. And people Mm -hmm. who have great social communication and emotional skill sets practice them every day. It's like going to the gym. If you go to the gym once a week or once a month, you're not going to be in that great shape. It's just the way that right. it goes. You have to do it every single day or mm-hmm. many days of the week in order for you to do that. And that's why I encourage people to go to groups because that's the easiest mm-hmm. way to go and meet people. And I love going to charity and nonprofits because that's where the social influencers go. That's where the wealthy mm-hmm. people go. That's where the people right. that are CEOs of major cor- corporations and companies go, right? I mean, look at Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. What did he do? He has a foundation, right? Mm-hmm. All these people have foundations or things that they're doing because at some point they get in this contribution mindset. And so go where those people are because that's where your business partners are at. That's where your suppliers mm-hmm. are at. That's where your customers are at. I mean, they're all there. You just have to go and actually meet them and start building a relationship with them in any form. And those things will come to realize and they'll be they'll mm-hmm. materialize in front of you. And when you go to those organizations too, you're in a contribution mindset, which right. will also help you because you're giving back. And in an environment like a group environment helps you is everyone is much more welcoming because you're mm-hmm. helping people as part of the mm-hmm. reason that you're there. And so there is a level of trust that's given in a group that's not given if you're met, if you're meeting people outside a group environment So you Mm -hmm. can easily work the room a lot better. And then on top of it, the odds are you're going to be seeing those people again because people are part of that group. So then even if you don't get someone's contact information or don't meet them, there will be additional opportunities to meet them or get involved in the organization as well on various levels and contribute and be a part of it. So there's an easy way to meet a lot of people really quickly. And so no one has an excuse. And the great thing about going to these groups and events is that you can go meet five to 15 people in an hour. So you could go right. to three hours a week. That's it during the week. And mm-hmm. it's during the middle of the week. So it's not on the weekend. It's not Friday or Saturday. Right. Yes, there are some mm-hmm. things, but you don't have to. 
you can meet, you know, 15 to 30 new people every single week. Well, think about mm -hmm. that. If you do that every single week, take a look at how many people you're meeting in one year that you haven't mm -hmm. met before. You can meet over a thousand new people that you don't ever have met before in 12 mm -hmm. months. That's more than most right. people have met in 5, 10, 15, 20 years oh, in their life. definitely. And so you can do that really easily. And all you need to do is Google. Mm-hmm. Charity, nonprofit, young professional, professional, you know, gala, ball, you can do whatever, happy hour, um, mm -hmm. whatever you want. And there will be a list in your town or city that you can get involved in and go um, and it wherever you are in the world. And it's pretty magnificent what can come out of that. Right. Well, and to me, volunteering, you know, it, it was one of those cultures I was brought up in is you you helped. I mean, that was just what you did. And but I always, especially if I'm talking with, uh, say, new college students or high school seniors, you know, people like that, I tell them they have to volunteer, you know, and, and I really do mean they have to volunteer. I said it's it's a great way to gain experience. You know, maybe somebody wants to get in the field of public relations. So we're going to say, OK, go volunteer for X group and offer to serve on their committee. So that way you can gain that skill. But it is, you know, as you said, it's a great way to meet people who have that initial similar interest. Yep. Obviously, you have to be authentic. You know, yes. you can't go volunteer at the animal shelter if you're absolutely terrified of dogs. But, um, you know, I've been known to when some of the times when I have volunteered, I have looked at who is on the board. You know, and and then matched that with the passion that I've wanted to do, and it's exactly as you said. I mean, those are great business relationships and personal relationships that I made with people, and they've been going on twenty years now on on some of those things. Plus, you're doing good. I mean, you know, it's it's I'm I, I'm friends with Joel Calm, and he has this great it's a hashtag and and all sorts of things. It's do good stuff. You know, it just makes you feel better, makes you feel better about yourself, the yes. community, makes other people look at you better. I mean, you know, hello, there is that thing where if somebody sees that you have been a volunteer, so you'll make sure you, you are listing it. I, it does get a little ego in there. But, you know, you want to make sure that it is something that is is your passion, you know, because if you're bragging about it and it's not your passion, that comes through really fast. Yes. And I think one, you know, that's really important. And I wanted to bring up one thing that we talked about mm -hmm. before we started was I think there's a lot of successful people out there that are stuck right now, whether executives mm -hmm. or entrepreneurs right. or experts. And I think one of the things that why you're not making progress is the skill sets that got you where you're at right now are not the ones mm -hmm. that are going to move you forward. Yes. And what happens is, is that all that hard work and knowledge got you to the point that you were at. And that's fantastic. And you should be congratulated for putting in the time, effort and passion. But now mm -hmm. the next level isn't about that anymore. It's not about only hard work. It's about smarter work. And it's about building out these skill sets, these social communication, emotional skill sets, which lead to more influence, persuasion of other people. Mm -hmm. And that in leadership, and that is what's going to separate you from other people. And the mm -hmm. great opportunity is there is almost no competition. I have clients that are making massive leaps in 30 days that are executives that have stalled out that are really, mm -hmm. really well known. And that's something that's incredible. And so when you want to get to point B in your career, you're going to have to do stuff differently and you won't be able to mm -hmm. solve these problems on your own because they're your blind spots. And you right. and 
we can't solve our blind spots. So you have to find mentors that are farther mm -hmm. down the road. You have to find coaches and then a support system, especially in masterminds or other things like that, that support your growth and can help you. And you can find other peers that are on the mm -hmm. same level that are grappling with what you're grappling with. And then it can help you move forward. Because if you don't, you won't make progress. You'll sit mm -hmm. there and stall out and you'll keep working hard and you'll make incremental progress mm -hmm. versus other people moving forward. Right. Well, and sometimes it's going to be a painful process. It might yes. very easily involve criticism. You know, maybe it's something like people say, you know, you don't come across as being friendly or you don't dress professionally or, you know, all sorts of things. So if you're ready to take that next step to get from point A to point B, you have to know it's not going to be easy and it could hurt. And, you know, but people, you, you need to approach both the, the, you know, the input that you're getting from people. They're trying to help you. I mean, you ask them for help then don't be annoyed if they say, hey, you know, you, you really need to up your game by doing this, this, and this. Um, you know, it's, it is that, and growth in many cases is a painful process. Yes, it is. And I think part of the problem is, is that if you think of a hierarchy of how people create change in their life, the way that I'm defining it and realizing in my life is you have on top behaviors and then below that the stories you tell yourself externally about yourself. And the problem is mm -hmm. that people deal at that level and that's why they get stuck. Because they cannot right. change what's going on because it's like an iceberg. It's the iceberg above the water, and what's below mm -hmm. the water is what's controlling you. And at level three, it is your feelings and emotions, and it is the feelings attached to that. For instance, if you are feeling shame in your life, right? I have, I have clients that have had, you know, been sexually abused and other things that have been really bad in their life, mm -hmm. and that feeling of shame is extremely powerful. So changing the right. story is not going to get rid of the shame. Mm -hmm. The issue below the emotions is limiting beliefs and that limiting belief is I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy. And you've got to tap into that and understand what that is. And mm -hmm. below that is what I call an original incident. And that's something that's happened in your childhood, usually under the age of 10, that it mm -hmm. shaped how you view the world. And when you show clients what's going on, you can really make some significant changes because they can see that it's not something recent and they're not broken it's a pattern that's been started since they were really young. Right, right. Well, good golly. We are done, but we're really not done because we just scratched the surface on this. And we definitely just scratched the surface on all of the information that you can provide. So, Jason, tell people one more time how they find you and, and tap into your wealth of knowledge and, and you know, Start on this process. Sure, they can go to beextraordinary.tv. That's beextraordinary.tv, and they can drop me a line, and I have coaching options that can help people really move forward really quickly. And most of my clients are making pretty massive results and getting significant returns on their investment with me financially-wise within 30 days and meeting some mm -hmm. fantastic people across the across the world, and anyone can do it. And it's just a factor of you know getting some good advice and getting a plan and roadmap and blueprint and know how to do it and then building those relationships that are influential in your life. Perfect. Well, I've been talking with Jason Troy, and this is a great conversation that I definitely think we need to continue because there is, we, we just scratched the surface on this. So I look forward to inviting Jason to be on again. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. And, you know, for everyone out there, 
Have a great day. Connect with Jason. Connect with me. I'm easy to find online, debcareer.com, D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R.com. And everyone, have a great day. Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.